Happy New Year's, everybody. Oh, shit. It's 2021. Yes. The year where shit can only get better. Or it can get so much worse. We're hoping for better. Today, we have a delightful surprise for you all. I I'm, think. Okay. A side note. Okay. You know how, like, spiders can already fly? What? No. Yeah, dude. You didn't hear that fucking Oh, they just catch the fly? breeze. Like, yeah, they glide. Something about riding electromagnetic waves or some shit like that? Oh, Did I you thought, hear about that? I mean, I thought they just took, like, the breeze like a parachute because they're super light. This is how 2021 can get worse. If they can start holding guns with their little fucking dangly bits, that's how 2021 can get worse. Wow. <laughs> I think you've fucking lost it. <laughs> or how you say lost the plot. Yeah, you've lost the plot. <laughs> the 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 plot. <laughs> Jesus. Um anyway, that's not gonna happen. No. We're gonna have a so. fucking fantastic new year. There's at minimum of fifty two new episodes of weekly creep coming your way. Oh yeah. Plus twelve. Sixty four at the very least. Mm-hmm. So fucking get your ears ready so like a little a few surprise episodes here and there yeah i'm sure yeah so make sure to lube up your listening holes yeah um anyway we are starting new year off with a bang today we have the haunted historian himself yep big bang boom you're pregnant (laughs) (laughs) now you're pregnant we've made you pregnant Pregnant with fear. Because this guy's stories are fucking ridiculously good. so good. Yeah, so we didn't want to take away from it by that. And we're also kind of giving ourselves a week off here. But we're not going to dick around any longer. We're just going to go straight into the interview. Um, We did lose connection with him once or twice. So if you feel like the audio kind of jumps here and there, that's why. But yeah, like... Just such a good interview, such a nice guy. I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, go check out his profile on Instagram, mm-hmm. The Haunted Historian. So fucking good. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah, my name is Connor Gossel. I'm the, uh, the, the main content creator for The Haunted Historian on Instagram. Uh, which is essentially just a, a collection of history and images of some of the nations and some of the world's most haunted destinations. Right on, right on. You got that down packed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's not, if that was me, I'd still be like, uh. <laughs> I'm from Ireland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So we read up on it as well. So you started in, or you, you lived in, Dayton, Ohio? Dalton, Ohio. Yeah, uh, originally, originally. Uh, luckily, I'm living in some more exciting locations now <laughs> than that. Right on. But um, so, right, basically, our first question is that I have written down is how old were you when you realized you were a total creep? <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, obviously. Yeah. In a good way. I was going to say, I'm sure a lot of people would give you different answers. Um, <laughs> if I had to guess, um, Speaking in terms of finding out I was interested in the paranormal, I would really want to, I would gauge it being between 16 and 17. 
I had, I, I had grown up watching the, um, the original Ghost Hunters when everybody was still uh, all on one giant team and they were like the only show on TV. Always right. very interested in it, but I thought nothing of it. It was just inter- blind entertainment for me. But as I, got, as I got older and I got into high school and I kind of joined with some like-minded friends who liked watching those shows and, you know, now we all had our, had our driver's licenses and income to our own name. It started popping into our heads like, hey, why don't we go out and start doing this? And, you know, as, as I've told everybody, you know, it, uh, it really started out as a novelty for me. It wasn't anything like this is a deep passion. And like, where was your first location? Our very first location, we actually just kind of... um blindly search on the internet what are some nearby midwestern locations that uh, ghost adventures have been to and the most affordable and um at least the scariest looking one was uh, in newcastle pennsylvania uh hillview manor and it's kind of a, a good news bad news with that because you know it was a great it was a great experience a great investigation our first one that kind of planted the seeds for many more to come but it was so active it was so intense at our first investigation that it actually took us i would say five years to actually find a location that actually kind of lived up to the hype because after that again for like five years after we kept thinking why are we why are we wasting our money on this <laughs> like this is this is a joke we got lucky with hillview that's not happening anymore we need to cut this out but um yeah you know we all ended up going our well not going our separate ways going our, our separate ways for school that is mm. and we couldn't investigate anymore together. We couldn't travel around and pull our money as often together to go to these big, horrifying locations. And so kind of as a, an outlet for all of that spooky nature inside of me and all the creepy places I wanted to go to, I just kind of created um, a page called now The Haunted Historian. And it kind of got much larger than I had anticipated. It was mainly for my friends and I just to post about places that we had been, that we wanted to go for the paranormal community to, to share their experiences. And we were, I remember us talking like, you know, it'd be really cool if we got like 500 people to follow this, like all a bunch of close friends, we could travel around and all of us can like hang out and, you know, swap stories and swap info on different locales and locations. And, you know, two and a half years later, here we are much, much bigger than that. And uh, it's just been an unexpected, but very privileged journey so far. Right on, right on. That seems to be the magic number, two years. Two years, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. just got to stick with it, right? Yeah, because uh, we were, was it, um, we had a, your, I guess your sister bought one of those cameo things for us as a, oh, as a yeah, gift. Yeah. We listened to another podcast and the host of that podcast told us, that, like, oh, I didn't see any. He was like, oh, you have a podcast. Uh, we don't, I didn't see anything come any- of it until two years after that but he started kind of the same way where he was like he just like well he did videos but he did videos just for his friends and his family to laugh at and it turned into something else yeah now he's a big mega youtube sensation yeah there you go go. it's never a gradual a gradual build-up i guess from what i've experienced and from like similar stories that i've heard everybody makes it with the simplest intentions and then seemingly overnight it's like just you hit some invisible tipping point that you're not even cognizant of and that everything just shoots up yeah yeah right so you so you still go to locations and you uh, to visit and do your um investigations uh do your other two friends do the same thing they do um i would love to say that every picture on the page is uh, from yours truly but you know that's uh some of them are from 
we, I just call him the uh, the East Coast correspondent, Blake Kendig for the Honda Historian. <laughs> and we got a, a central a central uh, U.S. guy, Alex Meering, and then I'm kind of just all encompassing because they. I, we, we all are very passionate about the paranormal, but I'm definitely, to, to put it in the terms that we said here originally, I'm, I got kind of the creepiest personality and that I'm constantly, no matter what, looking at this kind of stuff, wanting to find a great location. But, uh, you know, beyond that, it's like viewer submissions and hints about different locations that we don't know about or uh, images and stories that we um, get licensing agreements from uh, third-party publications and periodicals to, to use. So I think that's sometimes the biggest mis misconception about the page is that. You know, we're we're traveling all around the U.S. We're traveling all around the globe, uh, capturing these pictures and doing these investigations. Which, believe me, I wish I wish was the case. Yeah. But uh, it's um, I guess you know, that's kind of the truest aspect to it being a page devoted to the paranormal community is that, you know, it's kind of everybody has has had a hand in making it. You know, random people, uh, different outlets that aren't even involved in the paranormal, but have covered certain stories, and it's all kind of culminated into uh, the haunted historian and that's kind of why we don't even attach our faces our names to it because in essence as cheesy as it, as it sounds we want anybody to be able to feel like they can be the haunted historian they are the haunted historian because it's, it's a collection of our our experiences and our shared stories and our investigations rather than just one team of people that's really cool yeah it is like because it's a really approachable community it's not like a let's just say for oh, instance <laughs> no, 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 like, um, let's say like Zach Bagans who we are fans of we're going to make fun of him no matter what <laughs> in general though we are fans of his but he's like this um, like untouchable figure you know what I mean it's not like you can just go out and send him a DM and you know hope he's, he's going to get back to you or like he's going to look at your pictures of your dead grandma's cat in your garden or whatever <laughs> Whereas with you guys, you know, you're still on that level where, like, no matter how busy you are or whatever, you're going to get, you know, react or not react. What's the word I'm looking for? You're going to be responsive. Yes, be responsive <laughs> with your uh, audience. And like that, even if it's not like us who do, you know, weekly creep every week where we're like, you know, constantly looking for ghosts and creepy stories or whatever. But even if you're just, oh, I happen to be on vacation in france this week and i did a haunted tour check out this place yeah and you guys are gonna you're gonna talk about yeah things. look yeah. into it and stuff like that that's very cool so it's a, a much broader community almost definitely and yeah. that's you know initially we started we were posting pictures that people had sent in and we weren't looking into it ourselves and trying to find more professional photos and uh we kind of lost that community aspect once the page got uh, a bit bigger than we expected and that there was a certain quality that everybody was expecting at that point so yeah. we ended up creating um a second page uh that's actually pretty recently that that's kind of devoted to the uh the og principles of when the haunted historian was first made in viewer submissions no matter what they are like they're posted onto a, a page called a uh, ghost without borders and okay, it's just they okay. get to come on to it and show a global community um Again, their captures, their experiences, no matter how minuscule or how incredible. That's really That's cool. very cool. Yeah, we're gonna have to follow that. Love that. Um, so you personally, like, um, when you were when you started doing your investigations, did you feel like, and then, then like, I guess you kind of just tapered off because nothing lived up to that first experience. Um, even after that, because you still had that passion, how often would you say you would 
um, go and investigate, like you're like, man, I got to do this once every two weeks, or I got to do this monthly, or was it just because like, oh, well, I have the money to do it today, so I guess I'll go, I'll go do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, um, I would say at the height of it, when we were just trying to go to new locations, I would say maybe once a month at at most, once every other week. You know, to be to be honest, now um, we actually don't do. Um, too many just for fun investigations in the sense that um, we look for the more unique. One of our recent investigations was out in Ohio with the Catholic Diocese. We were aiding with um, an exorcism at a residential home. Another one just after that was going over to Dallas, which is why I travel to, um, to Dallas re regularly now because uh, a friend of a friend owns um, this abandoned army hospital that he wanted to open up to the public. Uh, the other two couldn't make it. So I spent the night alone in there just to verify that it was haunted for him to open it up to the public and things like that. It's not necessarily anymore us just going places or meeting up to do investigations. It's like looking for new, unique and next level horrifying things to do to kind of continue to grow the page and can, to continue to grow our experience in it. Okay. Um, so let's touch back on that exorcism <laughs> <laughs> let's not just brush over that <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so you went to ohio for that i i got a it was about an hour and a half north of where i grew up yeah okay and you were there to witness an exorcism performed or what was it so i um i i can give you broad over overarching statements and storylines yeah, pertaining yeah, to it yeah. i can't yeah divulge too much about it but of essentially um, one of the investigators I work with that I grew up with he knew a family out in we'll just, I'll just say central Ohio okay. and you know we, we're all kind of of the mindset that we we work our tails off to disprove any claims of paranormal but um, you know this is a, a residential haunt that he got invited to come do and he's on the radio out there and he went to check it out expecting nothing and he basically left within 15 minutes of stepping foot inside of that home wow. and said it was the most incredible experience he'd ever had. And he didn't really explain anything further. He's just like, you guys got to come out here. I need you to see what's going on inside this home. This might be something that, you know, we don't post about, we don't talk about, but something where we might be actually able to um, help this family. And oh. so and when we spoke with the family more over the phone, they um, had explained that they'd actually, had priests out there in the past to try and bless their home they'd had sidekicks they had, they had sidekicks come in to try and explain what was going on they'd had this and that from a to z and i essentially just wanted them to tell me you know well all of that aside what's happening inside of your home what do you think is there and they were pretty positive that their one of their ch children was getting possessed and there was a dark entity inside of the home now, I always kind of, I roll my eyes when people say that kind of stuff, you know, because of people like Zach Baggins and stuff like that. Every yeah, day it's yeah. mother is a demon <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> but um, it was incredible. They were able to provide video, audio, pictures of everything happening. They were able to provide hospital documentation of the kids and the wife being brought into facilities to be cared for bruises that were showing up overnight and these scratches that were coming. I, I had never seen a more perfectly collected bunch of evidence to basically prove what was going on here. 
And so we flew out there. I, I flew a couple people from Arizona. Uh, we brought some people from Ohio and we went in with the uh, Catholic Diocese of the area to investigate this location. And it, to this day, is the most harrowing experience I've ever had. And not necessarily because of the level of activity, but the activity that was there was something you kind of only dream about or you kind of only read about or people sensationalize in media to give you um, a couple of tastes. We were in the, we were in the basement. The father owns a ceramic company and has a bunch of tables in the basement, just normal card tables locked in place. And we actually flew out from Texas, a clairvoyant. Um, I don't put too much stock in people of her nature, but from people that I do trust in the field, she came very highly recommended. So we flew her out as well. She walked down into the basement and she turns to the owner and she says, this wasn't all here before. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, this basement, this wasn't all supposed to be that, to be this way. And he's still very confused and he looks at her and he's just like, I don't, I don't follow what you're trying to say. And she points over to this far side of the basement where it's just this tiny little room. And he, she says that, that whole thing, this whole portion of the house, it shouldn't be there. And he's like, oh, that, that's actually funny you say that because in the initial plans, they actually like, they messed up and that was a part of the blueprints and they just ended up adding that to the basement, um, no charge. And she's like, that's where she is. And we're like, that's where who is? And she just looks at us and it's like you were watching The Conjuring. She just turns around and looks at us. Oh God, what was her, what was her name? What was her, she was 18 years old. Her name it is escaping me. It is like the quintessential 17th century young female name. Oh, God. <laughs> what, Emily uh, Rose? Not Emily no. Rose. Oh, if, if, if it pops into my head, I will, I will say it. But um, <laughs> right. she basically points there and says, that's where you guys kind of fucked with her resting place. And oh, we're that. just like, and so they're like, that shouldn't be there. And when they built that, they fucked with her resting place. Now, the thing about where they are in Ohio is that it is littered with Indian burial mounds. It is just, just it is lousy with these buried cemeteries. I swear to God, oh, Central Ohio is like the birthplace of the plot for 80% of horror movies just because of what's <laughs> in the earth. But right. the second, and so, so we're all kind of sitting there like, that's, that's large. That, that's a reach. It's interesting that you're saying this and you didn't know that, but that's a reach. And she just turns around and she's like, that's why she's here. And the second she says that, the card tables just flip over. I'm not, I'm not shitting you. They flip over. Our camera guy drops the camera. This is a guy I flew out from Arizona. He's a complete skeptic, but he's a great cinematographer. He dropped that camera and he ran upstairs and he ran back to the rental car outside. He's like, I'm not doing it. It's getting real. I'm not doing it. And I'm just like, we can't back out now. We're going back in that house. And we go back in there and the husband's just like shaking in the living room. He's like, that's never happened. I don't know what's going on. And so like, okay, we're identifying something. Something's here. What do we do now? And then as we're saying that and like scratching our heads, like, how do we go about this? Like, what was, but like, what the hell was that? And that was like out of the movie Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. And we just start to hear very faintly, but very distinctly what sounded like two young girls, not childish, but around the age of what she was saying, Agatha, that was her name, Agatha. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, when it comes to me, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Her name was Agatha. Good old Agatha. 
we I, I told you, like the quintessential 17th century thing. <laughs> but um, we hear these two young girls talking upstairs and we all stop dead in our tracks and no one's saying anything. And you just hear kind of like this conversation between them. And we look up there and we see nothing. And at this point, the, um, the priests are arriving. They're coming in to kind of do the same apparent routine that they've done in the past inside of the home. And they step foot inside and you just hear footsteps running down the basement. You hear footsteps running up into the, um, the kids' playroom and you just hear the voices and it's just, everything's going nuts. And the clairvoyant is sitting there like, her head's darting back and forth and she's just like, they're everywhere. Like, they're literally everywhere. I don't know where they're coming from. And we're just like, well, what are you talking about? And she, out of nowhere, just runs, darts out the back door of the home and just stands in the pitch black of the backyard looking left and right. And I go out there with her and I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, this house is like the epicenter of all three of them. I'm like, all three of what? What are you looking at right now? And she points over to the tree line at the neighbor's home. She's like, there's a portal right there. And she turns over to the middle of the cul-de-sac adjacent to their home. She's like, the portal's right there. And she looks in the backyard of the neighbor's home directly behind them and points to the middle of the swing set and like, and the portal's right there. She's like, everything, and she's like, but there's something interesting. That portal right there is only an exit. That portal right there is only an entrance. And that portal right there is an exit and an entrance. But they're all convalescing right here on this home. This home is like the intersection of this portal highway. And she's, and she's basically like, that's why everything's happening inside of this home. And then she turns around and before she walks back into the house, she starts to cry. And I'm like, it's not a big deal. We're, we're gonna figure this out. We're gonna get the family info. She's like, I'm not crying because of what I saw. I'm crying because I'm, what, what I'm seeing right now. I'm like, well, what are you seeing right now? She's like, he never shows up. And she's like speaking in riddles. I'm like, can you just be direct with what you're saying? She's like, <laughs> she says that her husband has a familiar and it's something that, and my, this woman's like 50 years old. She's been doing this since she was like eight with her mother traveling around the world, helping people. She says she's only seen this figure show up three times in her life. She, she saw it show up when her mother passed away. She saw it show up at the most haunted location, most demonically infested location she'd ever seen in Mexico City. And she saw this figure show up right now as she turned around to re-enter the home. And she said it was her husband's familiar that it was attached to her husband and that it essentially showed up whenever she needed protection because something was about to hit the fan. And she's like, it's standing right there in the doorway. And it's like urging me to like not go back in, essentially. And she immediately hops in the phone with her husband and she says, hey, your familiar's here. I don't know what's going on inside this home, but the universe seems to be of a like mind that shit's about to go down tonight. And yeah, I, I, I don't want to leave anybody on, a, on like a, the precipice there of what happened, but then it starts to get into the stuff that I can't talk about. Okay. Uh, that's totally right. fine. Yeah, the two of us have just been sitting here like listening to this <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> this is like the premise of a movie, but you're right. I mean Yeah, it's... I mean like the thing is these are the, the type of cases that obviously everybody is interested and wants to hear. Yeah. But people forget that these are also, you know, just families yeah. living their normal life. Mm -hmm. And obviously they don't want to like they're not gonna call whoever like local newspapers and be like Come guess what's at my house. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't they know how they're still there. <laughs> well, yeah, that's they're the still thing. there. They I mean, they're still there. The um 
I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this on the story. <laughs> we, um, we thought when we left the home that night at like three in the morning, we all just beat to hell emotionally and mentally that we had taken care of this or at least set them on the road to have this taken care of. And we were, I was very proud of that. I thought, you know, I've done investigations. I've traveled the country looking for signs of the afterlife, looking for evidence of ghostly activity. But tonight, for the first time in what's been nearly a decade of investigating, I actually feel like I made a difference. I actually feel like I helped a family. And there was no prouder moment for me than walking out with that thought. And I get in the car and I call the investigator who had connected us with this family. I'm like, hey, that was an absolutely horrifying night. I'm not going to sleep for a week. But... <laughs> that might've been one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced. And dare I say, probably one of the most incredible things I'll ever experience in my life. And he's like, Connor, we didn't do it. And I'm just like, what do you mean we didn't do anything? He's like, I just got off the phone with the dad. I'm like, is everything all right? When they, they, we, they had left to go to a, a hotel for us to finish our investigation and ended up, they just didn't want to stay there. They felt weird with us being there. They wanted to come back and come to the home and see us out, which they did. Yeah. Super nice people. And we told them what happened. We told them what, everything that happened, and we told them that we think we took care of this. Apparently, the second we left, the priests, the investigators, the camera crew, and everything, we got in our cars, we took off. The husband and wife put the kids to bed, and they walked into their bedroom for the evening, and they're doing their routine in the restroom. And while they're standing there in the restroom, they have, a, like, you know, many, many homes, uh, a closet that leads into their walk-in closet. Uh, there's no door on it, but they hear whistling. And they said that they just stopped brushing their teeth or doing whatever they were doing in there. And whatever was standing in that doorway just started whistling daisy, daisy. Just like, dun, 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 And they just, they just turned and they looked into the entrance of the closet and kind of, well, apparently the, once they heard that, the wife like threw herself into the shower and closed the door and the husband <laughs> was just like standing in front of the door and the whistling stops. And then out of nowhere, they just hear these apparently thundering footsteps come out of the closet and stand in the middle of the tile. They don't see anything. They just hear the footsteps like thunder out of the closet and they hear it sprint upstairs to the kids' rooms. And they just, uh, it, saying it now, it pisses me off because it's just like, I don't know what's in there. If you could have seen the, the shit that we went through that night and the stuff that we did to think that it didn't do it, I don't know what's in that home. Because I, I've said on other podcasts, I've said to other investigators, I said to when we were doing this, I have never seen um, evidence of, I've never heard stories of, I've never witnessed encounters with an entity that was rumored or storied to be as powerful as what we saw inside of that home. Like I know people mess around a lot. They say Satan himself is walking the halls of that building. I have never seen something of a location that could prove so true as this home. That that's, that's insane. Crazy. I mean, first of all, I think I'd be in the same boat as the wife. I would just <laughs> run anywhere, <laughs> get into the shower, do whatever you need to do. But so like this is my big question because we've done, you know, like ghost tours and we've accidentally stayed in like a few small kind of haunted places. I've done like a handful of like, I'm not even going to call them investigations, just standing in scary places and shouting and <laughs> nothing. But I've always wondered, like in terms of actually helping the family, like you're saying this is the first um, family you've helped. Like I've always, 
what's what I'm what am I trying to say? Um, I've always felt like if a family reached out to any ghost hunting team, are they just looking for that validation to say, okay, look, we're not crazy. This these people know what they're doing, and they're here to document it. But it's like you can document it, fair enough. But what can you do in terms of actually helping them? Like obviously, you guys brought in the priests. But what did you personally, uh, or what in general would you personally do? You know, definitely. You know, that's that's something that um, I've I've honestly thought about a lot. And when you watch a lot of the um, the more renowned and reputable investigators, like some of the top shows, like like Zach Baggins or people like that, when they go yeah. into locations and they're like, "We're going to see what we can do to help this family because this is truly <laughs> life and death." So stand by because Ghost Adventures has elite access to see what happens inside of this building. <laughs> and it's like, dude, don't fuck with people. You're not going to do dick. You're going to grab an EVP and you're going to leave the building and you're going to do nothing to help the family. Yeah, you know, with some good evidence. You're going to stir your the show. pot and then walk exactly. away and have the family deal with the repercussions of what you just did. Yeah, basically. I would say a lot of more recent shows have actually started to do what kind of what I would consider the correct stuff to go about helping a family and you know first and foremost that being trying to identify a history behind the place you know what families were here what incidents is what incidents has happened here like are we near anything like these homes were at the indian mounds were they near cemeteries like a lot of the places i've investigated are kind of like adjacent to a bunch of them that used to be there and have all been moved over the span of decades it's kind of finding out the entire lay of the land and the entire backstory to paint a full picture of where you are now so that you can address things properly or perhaps even get a direct idea of why something might be haunt might be um haunting that location there's no there's very rarely if ever is there an instance where you can just show up to film for a night or you can show up to investigate for a night and you can take care of everything the level yeah. of communicating that's necessary of evidence and documentation and just hints from the paranormal if they are willing to try and take our help it's a staggering amount of time but really what the best thing you can do is as harrowing as it might be for the family is equip them with that knowledge equip them with the minds like you know whatever's here is benevolent. It wants to be gone as much as you want it to be gone, but you have to help it do that. You have to be forceful in doing that. Here's who we think it is. Here's why we think they're here. Here's what they need help with. But you know, we got to keep in mind is that, you know, the time space continuum for uh, the afterlife is not the same as a time space continuum for our world. Five minutes for us could be five years for them. Five minutes for us could be, for sorry, five minutes for them could be two decades for us. Like, yeah. that's why a lot of things, you know, you see them just disappear when they're walking down a hallway. That time frame is ended or anything of that nature. That's why it takes so much time devoted into solving this. But the best thing you can do to really get rid of a haunting is to make sure everybody involved understands what it's going to require on their end, uh, how open they're going to have to be, how consistent they're going to have to be the questioning and trying random things, removing this object from the home or you know, stop construction or don't do this anymore or be very forceful voice in the home. There's so many stories I hear where activity always happens until somebody just loses their cool and is like, enough, can you yeah. leave the home? I am trying to do this. They just get so pissed with it and they finally <laughs> blow up on it and it stops doing everything. Uh, sometimes you just got to remind them, you know, this isn't your home anymore and you got to go. And then a lot of them just don't know that they're dead. And according to a lot of EVPs we've gotten or a lot of stories we've heard. So 
like I said, and I probably rambled about it, I apologize, but no, I guess no, no, no. this is all to say, evaluate all the evidence, all of the details and all the story in going into anything and educate everyone on how the best way is to proceed in, you know, eradicating whatever's there. That makes a lot of sense because you wouldn't get a flu shot for a cut, you know? Exactly. You have, <laughs> <laughs> have to figure out what's going on and then proceed afterwards, like, yeah. correctly. And like that as well, if, like, say for us, I know if, for example, something happened in the house right now, I'm going to scream like a little bitch and I'm not going <laughs> to react the way I would, you know, hope. But if this is happen happening consistently and this these families or whoever are frightened maybe sometimes it is just about you know finding finding their voice and speaking up you know to whatever it is and hopefully <laughs> that can help you know um yeah <laughs> so um okay like, let's go back to like the the beginning days because I'm, I'm very curious um what would okay so when you did your investigations like in the beginning what would you say was your favorite tool um in your ghost hunting kit my favorite tool is still to this still to this day my favorite tool is because i think it's the most interactive i enjoy using um a theremin if you're familiar with that what's that um it's initially it is it was a uses a musical device and it still is primarily but it's kind of this magnetic rod that has uh frequencies running through it that people can um interrupt the frequencies by moving within six inches of the rod to like make certain music like i know portions of the star wars theme the star trek theme a lot of eerie horror movie sounds are made with the theremin by just if you i it's one of those things where if i try to describe it it'll sound asinine and like he's making this up but if you youtube somebody playing the theremin it's like you'll like you'll, you'll sit there and hear it like oh this was made with a theremin i know that was yeah. made with a theremin like i actually it's... went down a youtube hole not that long ago uh watching people play this and like how they oh, tune and everything yeah they're... i know what that is i just googled <laughs> it i saw a chick play, like when i used to have uh one oh, my, my old instagram account i remember seeing like in a suggested ig stories this girl was just moving her hands and i just heard music i'm like what is she yeah. doing is she doing like the composer thing where you just like move your hands around to like music basically yeah but no i didn't realize that was a, a like an a instrument, thing. instrument yeah that's really cool i never actually even thought to bring that into a an investigative it's, yeah. Thing, yeah it's got good quality because um what? you know it's got a larger range for um for spirits to uh interact with and you know, for uh, for video quality, if and when they do interact with it, it makes a very eerie sound. So yeah. it's kind of yeah, a yeah. best of both Add worlds. The ambiance. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That, that's always been my favorite. Because yeah, again, I why didn't I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's really cool. Because one of my favorite, uh, not like I don't have um, much, but the one thing that I really want to get, I think they're called now the the Paris or the Paraforce or something like that. But it is essentially the same thing, um, except it has the little music box thing on it. So Ooh. in theory, as a spirit or something comes close to it, its energy drives the um, little music box. Just din, 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 oh, din, din, wow. Din, that's pretty cool. Just sounds oh spooky as we're, shit. We're yeah. trying to make capturing evidence as horrifying as possible. Yeah, <laughs> that's not already terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So have you ever gone to a place and like say, I don't know, like, because when you're making content, sometimes you hit a rut, right? In the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Where you don't have the contributions of the community that you've developed. So you hit like a rut. Have you ever gone to a place and are taken aback at the amount of uh, activity that you receive? Like maybe you went to it and you're like, "Mm, it's probably not going to be, you know, that hype in here. And then you're just like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. um, A number of places. I, I, I've been asked that question before. I don't want to give you guys the exact same answer. I want to give, I want to, there's like one, there's one place that always has that for me. The, the one, but one location that uh, really just stands out to me, just in the diversity of evidence and how little is known by it, about it from locals. Uh, I mentioned recently, actually uh, on the page is Hotel Monte Vista in Flagstaff, Arizona. I was just looking at your post on that. (laughs) There are few hotels that will ever really commit to the public about their spooky reputations. And while Hotel Monte Vista does not necessarily, you know, market themselves to that, that little niche of society, they have an entire list and documentation of the experience people have had over the course of like a century at the location. And if you go on there, you know, typically you'll read about, um, someplace like the crescent hotel or the the pfizer hotel yeah and they've got two or three ghosts that are on this floor that floor and this floor and they all essentially do do the same thing but people see them as different entities i if you go on there i think there's something like 15 completely unique and separate entities from basement to top floor all that are seen as completely different all that do completely unique activity to themselves and that are experienced so constantly it's absolutely ridiculous. It's one of the first places I ever posted about because I was, I was enamored by it that much. And I know, you know, Flagstaff is kind of um, a small town and the hotel doesn't exactly allow itself to investigations. So no one's ever really had full reign of the building to really document it. But the people who just stay there have provide, provided shocking reports. And it's just one of those locations that... I will always completely cherish as a paranormal enthusiast because it's a location that I, I always kind of say is like, you know, it's not a matter of going here and I hope I experience this. Like if you're going here, you're going to experience this. Like it's yeah, that see. wild. But yeah. So like finding a page like this is perfect. You know what I mean? For that, um, these undercovered places like that hotel Monte Vista, because I was looking at it to me, it looks like the, uh, like quintessential old school American hotel, you know what I mean? All the neon. Oh yeah, and it, it's it's kind of a college town as well. So they've got a real funky kind of bar. I believe it's called Rendezvous in the in the, the ground floor. But all the students there are so open to talking about what they've heard. Not many have stayed there, uh, just because you know they're they're broke college students. But um, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but they all have heard so many things about it, and it's like 
if a show were to film there, you wouldn't even need to like line up interviews, just grab the camera, walk into the bar, sit down. Like, who wants to be on TV? And so many <laughs> students will raise their hand, like, here's what I know about this place. Yeah, that see, that's exactly what like that's what everybody wants as well. These like personalized experiences. So you've been doing this for how many years now? Like roughly, not just the page, but actually ghost hunting. So I want to say it's been nine years now. Okay. And like, since you started, like you were saying, like that first kind of house or building or whatever that like blew you guys away. Do you feel like your sensitivity has increased at all? Or are you still kind of basically where you started? Like, are you more in tune with yourself or anything? Do you think? You know, it's um, kind of a hot and cold on that one. I'm definitely more aware of, I, I guess, kind of the heaviness in the air in some places, the electricity or the gut instinct that something's about to happen and your ear just kind of gets really attuned to hearing those small little bumps and whispers that perhaps at first you really weren't picking up on, but you know, sometimes uh, I truly feel like I'm just hearing things or I'm just thinking things. And, you know, I, I wait to see what actually happens rather than how I feel. But I think I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's hope for you, Adam. Yeah, because I keep saying I'm, I'm as sensitive as a piece of wood. It's just not happening for me. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I never put much stock into that stuff. You know, I, um, I get bored by uh, a lot of paranormal shows. I don't even like watch some of them because a lot of them is just them sitting in an empty room for a, for a 45 minute, one hour episode and all of them saying what they feel and saying mm. how it all seems to them. And I swear to God, I saw an eyeball pop up over the staircase <laughs> way back there, but no one caught it. And it yeah. just, it gets really boring hearing what people think they th- think they feel and think they saw. And so because of that, you know, I, I've, um, I'm like almost completely just, what's 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 what I'm looking for numb I'm completely numb to like any technology used in paranormal like I don't care about EVPs I don't care about the ovulus I don't care about the SV7 um I enjoy using it but I'm not going to like draw any judgments off of the theremin like I'm very much intrigued by what I as a human being can see I want to see something I want to feel something I want to hear something I don't want to yeah. I don't want to see a piece of technology on the other side of the country that has been misused and bastardized and misinterpreted on countless occasions and hear something say hello that only half sounds like hello and then walk out of that building we've completely validated that it is infested and it's just like (laughs) i don't care about what you can show me on tech i i care about what you can show me as an enthusiast to my actual eyes because if you want me to believe a place is haunted i have to experience a haunting not prove it with science that's funny. That's kind of like how Zach Bagan does it, where like he gets a lot of words and he tries to connect oh the dots God, in his narration. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> or um, like kind of one of my pet peeves lately um, is the the Ghost Box um, app. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. And like I've you know downloaded them as jokes and stuff before, but the credence people put in these things sometimes is a little too like you know they they're trusting it a little too much. Um, uh, so in in all of your um travel in your travels have you ever gone to location and then you go home and you're like shit i think i might have brought hunt- something home with me or do you do something to prevent that and how 
uh, effective have you found your method? Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, so far I'm batting 100. I haven't had anything uh, follow me home just yet. I, I, I hate to say it because my mind knows it's true. My heart doesn't want it to be. I know it's a matter of time and <laughs> I'm just waiting yeah. for it to happen. I've been to some awful places and nothing's come with me just yet. Um, I often think that I'm a little too religious for anything to try and attach to me. You know, I, uh, I pray before, I usually pray before I go in. If there's rumors for really dark things where we're going, I'll pray. And I'll usually pray during the investigation. I'll pray after the investigation. I'll pray before I go to bed. I'm a, I'm a religious guy. And it's literally, whether I did an investigation that day or not, it's always just like, you know, let no forces of Satan or hell attach to me, come here, you know, abate my sleep. <laughs> let me wake tomorrow morning and I'm not, I'm not possessed. <laughs> that is my biggest gift. I would love for that to happen. <laughs> and no, and like, I, that's totally fair. Like, I do believe um, for whoever, like whatever fate it is that you choose, as long as you're sure in yourself when you're saying as these, long whatever, as strong whatever, like incantations or whatever you're, doing beforehand as yeah. long as you actually put some belief in it mm -hmm. yeah um, well, from what i understand it's the locations that no one's really been to that much to investigate where spirits haven't really had an opportunity to convey any message that they may have where they're more likely to attach to you because you know they, they think nobody's going to come back this is my one opportunity i, I gotta oh. go with this person and really convey what i'm trying to say so if you go into a place that everybody's been to this place like, like waverly hills or trans allegheny nothing's going to follow you home most likely but if you're going to a place yeah but if you're going to a place like a hospital no one's been there in 50 years step foot inside you know it's haunted you, you, you should be kind of weary <laughs> yeah uh, I, I didn't think about that and just while we're talking about hospitals as well because i do want to talk more about the beach army hospital but we covered um tranquil sanatorium in one of our episodes a few weeks back and like that i had never heard of it before that's why we fucking covered it but then i heard um you mentioned it i i guess it was on the witch bitch um mm -hmm. interview but you haven't been there yet right i i have not gotten the uh the pleasure to investigate in canada just yet right because when i was looking into that it seems like something out of like silent hill or something you know like just the general size of it it's like a whole town right oh yeah from, from what i've um back when I covered it, it was a, a while back you know most asylums most hospitals especially ones built back in that era they always had like some connecting tunnel system but yeah. it's like 80 percent of this building was a tunnel system and it's like whatever's running the halls and dormitories and whatever the hell's underneath the earth connecting everything it's like so much larger in scale than the actual building and that's where everybody hangs out and that's where everybody's seen things so I think that's the creepiest part. You know, it's like you're looking at the, uh, at an iceberg. Like, oh my God, that's huge. Like, look at this in front of me. But like, the real horror is below you and it's way worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like the this Beach Army, because that's, I, I guess maybe they had like a sponsored post on Instagram, something. I ended up following them. And when I saw that they were so close to us, I, like, I made sure to save it and shit like that so we can look into going in the future. But then... I heard you talking about it and your kind of affiliation. So how did that come about? Like that they said, we need you to come here and <laughs> prove to us that it's like freaky as fuck, basically. <laughs> well, it was a, a wonderful bit of serendipity. You know, I, um, 
my uh, my actual job is uh, in public relations, and I was uh, talking with my um, my higher up. Uh, I want to say back in the summer, and we were kind of going over like because he had recently followed the page. Like Connor, I had no idea you were into uh, to ghostly stuff. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's kind of my uh, my weird, unique little quality there for you. I hope that doesn't get me fired. <laughs> he's like, yeah. well, no, I actually wanted to come to you because I thought you might be interested in something. And he's like, one of our clients, one of our bigger clients out in the Dallas area, you know, they, um, they're working on opening up um, a school, but they wanted a larger facility for the school. So they had uh, three years back, back bought Beach Army Hospital. I had never heard of this place, which was shocking to me, but I had never, ever heard of it, especially Mineral Wells, a place that is uh, as renownedly haunted as Mineral Wells. And he shows me a picture of it, and I'm like, that looks absolutely horrifying and i did all the research i could there was nothing online there were no videos there were no edit there were no articles or editorial pieces i could read i called the chamber of commerce nobody even knew a darn thing about this building you know the uh once the vietnam war was over and the government decided to leave they took all the info and they just hightailed it out of there and i told him kind of jokingly you know you could you could really open this place up to the public my people pay a top dollar to stay the night inside of hospitals and a hospital to just show up overnight like this yeah. for like a couple months before Halloween. Like, have they ever considered this kind of stuff? And he immediately hops on the phone with the with client and tells him that. And he's like, yeah, that'd be kind of, uh, that'd be kind of cool. He's like, Connor, do you think that you could uh, take care of opening it up for that? I'm like, well, first things first, I don't even know if it's haunted. Like, he's like, okay, good point, good point. And an hour <laughs> later, I get, I, get a, I get an email like, ticket confirmations to Dallas and a, a text from the client. Hey, you should have just gotten an email for tickets. Like I'll, I'll hand you the keys when you get here. But uh, yeah, just, um, let me know how your night in there goes. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? That's crazy. <laughs> I'm like, well, he's my client. They're one of our bigger clients. I can't say no. So I, uh, I think it was late June ended up flying out to Dallas. Um, you know, the universe was really against me that day. It was thunder, lightning, and rain the entire evening. So everything was really just setting up for a horrifying night. Yes. And they opened up the door for me to the hospital. It's Texas. So they handed me a gun, first things first. <laughs> I put that in my waistband. They handed me some, uh, some cameras, some uh, other equipment for recording. They chained the door back up and said, we're excited to hear what happens, Connor. We'll see you tomorrow at whatever barbecue place we're meeting at. <laughs> I'm like, okay, <laughs> see you guys then. And they just, wow. they just left. It was, oh my God. I, I think within 35 minutes, I am, um, well, within 35 minutes of investigating, the, the owner was kind enough to give me a tour where nothing happened. So I was kind of low confidence that this place was haunted. But the second they, le they left and locked up, Oh my God. <laughs> I called, I called my, uh, my uh, boss who came with me to uh, witness the spectacle from afar at a hotel a mile away and <laughs> told him like, yeah, this place is haunted. We can open it up. I had planned on doing an eight hour investigation, leaving at 6am. I ended up spending about 90% of the time with my feet barricading the entrance to a broken down women's restroom that I was hiding in because I didn't expect shit to hit the fan so fast. And also, oh. I just wanted, like, you were on your own this whole time, right? Yeah, I, I also want to say that I don't, con <laughs> I don't condone that. I never want to do it again. But it was kind of one of those very out of the blue instances, like, do this now or nobody in the world's ever going to get the opportunity. That's, that's fair. I would like to say that I would do the same thing, but I wouldn't. That's terrifying. That's it, was, it, it was a rough night. It was a rough night. <laughs>
that's really cool of you. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, in terms of evidence that you personally, um, like, collect, whether you're doing it intentionally or, like, just taking videos and, and pictures around, like, have you come out with anything that, like, say a, a video and you've gone, oh, shit, like, I really caught something here. Um, like, what do you do with that then? Is that just kind of in your personal collection or? You know, um, more or less. Yeah, I don't really compile evidence too much. Uh, like I said, and I, I think certainly at this point, especially it's to my detriment. But, um, you know, like, like I said, I bring all the evidence. My team uses evidence. I don't, sorry, my, my team uses equipment. They all bring the equipment. I don't really bring equipment. I bring the camera to snap photos of the place for the, <laughs> for the page. And, and so it. I'm just, they have stuff that i could that i could um that i could have them send my way and give to you guys but uh i don't know i think definitely at this point i should be doing stuff like that but if i did something like that i would want to start developing it into like a youtube page but i don't know how to edit into um a podcast but i don't have the time (laughs) or this or that it's just like well there's no point what i experience i experience i'll tell people i'll tell people about if they don't believe it to hell with them yeah exactly like it's not your uh main reason for the page right now like your the page is just uh oh. here's the information and yeah. you know like i respect that um i have a sorry. question i at this point i think or oh, who, who knows i mean i'm probably assuming but you tell us do you think there is like a, several classifications of what the the type of energy is that out there that create this activity like you got you know because ghost is just a very broad term um but do you have like your own personal classification of of what things could be you know what i mean and also how do cryptids fit into this maybe <laughs> oh boy oh boy <laughs> well I, i'll say first and foremost bear with me um it's actually funny you ask this because i actually um i woke up to a text from my cousin about three days ago uh, my aunt wants to do a Christmas photo of all of us for the family. And he's like, hey, send me that photo for my aunt. Also, how would you classify certain ghosts for this? <laughs> and I'm just like, what a diverse question. Thank you for this. What a way to start my morning. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what I told him. 80% of the activity that you'll ever experience, the vast majority of entities that you could encounter are of one sort. You know, that's the, um, the typical ghost, the formerly living entity, spirit, past human soul. That's typically what it is. Right. But there, of course, are various classifications that even some in the paranormal field will uh, simply refer to as um, story or myth or kind of far-fetched. And for a lot of it, it could be. But, you know, and this comes from, you know, I'm a religious guy. I believe demons are real. I believe I've... Uh, encountered them once or twice who knows maybe never but uh, they certainly match the activity we're experiencing there are from what i've uh i've experienced there are and well, sorry not from what i've experienced from what i've heard there are banshees there are elementals there are demons there are normal spirits there are nymphs there and then you start kind of getting into the cryptids and a lot of these you know it's it's very rare that you encounter them. They're, they're, some of them are in particular locations around the world. Some of them are 
supposedly very extinct. Some of them hide from humanity, and while they exist and there's characteristic activity, they never interact with a different species. I've never experienced anything far beyond a spirit, but I've heard many stories. And actually, one of the questions I asked the uh, clairvoyant who came with us to Texas, because, oh my God, was she a wealth of knowledge. And I almost, felt, I almost felt like I was harassing her, but I just had so many questions for her. <laughs> I asked her, I'm like, you know, you kind of have this God-given gift of foresight and vision and capability to communicate with things of this nature. Does that stop at spirits? Or like, are you able to see other things classified sort of within this realm? Which is like, well, wait, wait, what are you talking about? I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be around the bush. Cryptids. Like, do cryptid are, are are we all just kind of jumping around like making ourselves look like idiots talking about mythology <laughs> or like is this actually a thing and she's like well you you guys kind of have it half right and it really irked me how she said you guys like she wasn't a human she's like yeah you guys are you guys are kind of halfway there i'm like what what does halfway there mean she's like some of the cryptids you, you talk about are real a lot of the ones you talk about are not real and so I'm like, well, which ones aren't real? Like, wait, you know, you know what? Stop. I'm going to start naming them. You tell me when I'm wrong. First off, and your answer to this will piss me off, is the Loch Ness Monster real? Very quick no, and a very quick disappointment. But um, <laughs> essentially, she said the three most common cryptids, once we got to the end of this conversation, were, believe it or not, gnomes. And she, defi- she said everyone kind of thinks of like garden gnomes. She says gnomes are at like every part of the world in most forested areas. They kind of blend in with their areas. Those in the forests are kind of like two and a half foot green things, kind of like attached to the ground or trees. But if you go in and you know what you're looking for, you know how to talk to them. A lot of the time you can actually get them to get them to come out. And I'm like, well, that's crazy. I'm like, you know, most, most people who talk about cryptids, don't even know what a gnome looks like. I had never heard that description for a gnome. So my first thought was, well, why hasn't anybody just done it if, that's, if it's that easy? I'm like, well, hold on, Connor. You're at a, a group of very well-traveled, experienced, cryptid people and paranormal experts. No one's ever heard that description. So I'm still waiting to go out to a forest. So perhaps you guys could do it for me. And with that <laughs> knowledge of what it should look like, <laughs> kind of, I guess, keep that in your active mindset and go around kind of talking like that to them and i i don't know <laughs> maybe he'll come out i don't know uh she said elementals are the second most common thing you'll come across just like very ancient entities um mm-hmm. akin to different climates around the world that are dangerous but largely won't interact with you and then what was it she kind of lost me at the end with she said bigfoot's real and i got real excited but then when she started talking about it i'm like i think you're high out of your mind that's that's not real she's like well listen connor listen to me here's the reason no one sees bigfoot all right he's an interdimensional being I'm like okay fuck off <laughs> like, no, I'm not, I'm not i thought she was gonna say he shaves <laughs> <laughs> i've heard so many far-fetched stories and i don't i don't i don't even know where i stand on cryptids if somebody tied me down and said Give me your honest opinion. Are cryptids real or not? I don't even know what I'd say. I love to believe in them because I love that kind of topic matter and story. And I, I, I have heard stories. I have seen some videos that are absolutely stunning. But I myself, like I said, very, very personal experience-based kind of guy. I've never seen anything. That's also because I've never really gone out looking for it. But it could be real. Who knows? But this, this woman was definitely um, 
a wealth of knowledge in shedding the light, like, don't look for this stuff. It's not real. Look for this stuff. It's pretty common. Well, we were just at the woodlands. We should have looked for gnomes. Yeah. You should have looked for gnomes. <laughs> I, imme- I immediately texted my, um, my oldest brother, who's a huge skeptic. And I'm like, when we're back in Ohio for the holidays, guess what we're going to do out in uh, the woods behind the parents' house? Oh, what? We're looking for gnomes. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're going to go looking for gnomes. He immediately called me and was laughing his ass off. Like, you are such a dumbass. Why do you believe this? Well, this is the thing, right? Because I, um, like, my background is I'm an electrician. Completely, like, boring, normal job. But the thing with it is, like, you're working with different people every day. And, like, strangers, some of them are assholes, some of them are not. Generally, if I'm working with the one guy for, like, a whole day or whatever, I'll just end up being like, so, believe in ghosts. If they say no, <laughs> that's the end of the conversation, right? Whatever. If they say yes, that's what we talk about for the day. <laughs> and I will gladly have that conversation with anybody. And I'm a big believer in, I, I just say fairy folk, but I'm not like putting, that's like just saying like human, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's like saying ghosts. Yeah, exactly. It's just but a broad kind term. of thing. And I've been to places where I'm like, okay, this activity is very, sorry, that's scratching as I cut. Oh, he wants in. Um, but like this activity is, you know, very much how fairy activity is, or say, like let's call them gnomes, how it's described. But then if I'm talking to somebody and I have, you know, full faith in this person as a regular guy, and then all of a sudden he turns around and he's like, no, there's fairies in my back garden and I can't get them to stop harassing the cats or whatever. <laughs> straight away i'm like okay yeah this guy is nuts but at the same time i'm thinking this in my head like you know so like what for, if it's real yeah, exactly <laughs> so for people like because i have been to like met with different mediums and stuff like that and they've described like my personal family members down to a t stuff like knowledge that they should not have they know it and then if I was listening to a, a conversation like this and they start talking about all interdimensional, interdimensional beings and stuff, at a certain point, you're right. Like you, you just start to go, okay, no, I'm in too deep. These people seem crazy now. But where is that cutoff point? You know, like that's where I would love yeah. to, exactly, to find yeah. it so hard to get it, you know? I mean, yeah. we struggled with that for so long with the paranormal. You know, everybody had stories and tales and experiences. But until recently, kind of like at the advent of these shows and the very high quality, large, large bandwidth degree of evidence, video, picture, and personal, mm-hmm. people were able to, able to start showing the world to the point where now most people actually believe in ghosts. It was kind of a very noir, very not mentioned topic because you were kind of marked off as a, as a lunatic if you said something like that. But yeah. now it's like, you're kind of in the minority if you, if you don't believe in ghosts or you haven't had experience. And the brands continue like to grow. You should, <laughs> you should. But that but that's also the issue with the cryptids is that no one's ever really definitively found very tangible, disprovable, sorry, indisputable evidence of any of the cryptids. And so it's, it's kind of even for us in this field remained kind of like a very, you know, fun to talk about, but not seriously topic. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't want to lose your credibility with what evidence you have found of the paranormal like, so far. Um, That's true. Right. Well, look, let's. I want to wrap this up because we've already kept you for an hour. And if we're talking about cryptos, we could be here all fucking day. <laughs> um, basically, what are your plans for the future in terms of your page? Your I know you're doing a, a new tour next year. Hopefully, we'll be able to 
uh, link up and, and tag along with you or something. Leech sure. off of your uh, <laughs> <laughs> of your success. Um, no, but what 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 like long term, short term? What what do you see yourself doing? You know, um, I try to take it year by year and always have some um, some fun projects that we're doing. And I think this year, um, I guess I don't I don't want to give anything away. Beyond, beyond, you know, continuing posts, the posts are going to get more frequent. We have more people who are uh, involved with the page now will start giving us a lot more content. So we're trying to get it to the point where we can start making posts every day rather than every other day or every three days, kind of like keep more, you just put out more content for people. But beyond that, we're, um, uh, the the page is involved with a couple of, uh, TV shows helping out with their location scouting. And so, while while we're not mentioned as most people who help make the show yeah. aren't we all i would love to see um their new seasons coming out and like oh i had a hand in helping with that but um personally yeah we have um the tour coming which is i think we're starting that in, in the summer we were going to do it this past year but of course with covid that wasn't uh, yeah. wasn't a possibility um we actually teamed up with um the guinness book of world records for this october and we have a team of people who are going to um, set the, um, well, there's currently one that exists, but very easy to break, are going to set the world record for most haunted houses visited in, uh, in one month. And I think oh, right now we're going to do um, 120 uh, as it currently wow. stands. So four a day. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be a four a busy month. <laughs> it will be. The, the logistics behind doing it are, are nuts. But um, that's sort of just like a branding, you know, fun PR thing. Yeah. That's my, my that's my PR background coming out like this is fun. I'll get good press. <laughs> uh, I know we're um, working with a couple of producers with uh, Freeform to start make to um, potentially put together a, a show for, for, uh, for Halloween. That it's kind of what I was talking about. I can't, I can't give too much away for it. But nice. keep your eyes out for that later on in the year. It's not like a series or anything. It's like a one time thing, but it'll be um be a fun experience uh we're helping out with a couple of um a couple of magazines with uh like uh walt disney world magazine um and a couple others like that to uh go over some locations and then of course at the end of the year like we always do you know a bunch of new segments all across the u.s and uh, i was bummed out we're going to do um cbs national and abc national this past year but the hurricanes and COVID out in texas that we're going to do at the hospital really hindered that right but no, yeah, those are the things that I can talk about. We got a lot more that I can't just I can't say just yet. But um, big fun things, uh, a lot more immersive in getting the tour going. A lot more content for everybody. So really, it's just ramping up the Haunted Historian. That's amazing. That's uh, so you got a busy year ahead of yourself. Yeah, anyway. that's so in- that's so like really cool to hear that like this whole world and like a, of like um activities and just things that are planned in the future and it's just all this huge world behind this cage yeah you know yeah. It's- <laughs> that's like where it started and where it is now already yeah yeah and, and, that, that, and that's what we're trying to do because you know it's um it's a good community behind the instagram page but it is kind of it looks like a small world and we want to give people a larger scope and you know we have um a company right now making um making our website to start okay i'll tell you guys this but this is between us and this is between your audience only. Okay, um, okay. One thing that we've been working on for about a year now that we're going to be, I, I want to say we're going to be releasing middle of this year because I'll say, you know, one of the most common messages I get from people all around the world is, 
how do I become an investigator? How do I get involved in ghost hunting? How do I be a part of this? And I always give them the same message, like, you know, just being a believer, just being of the mindset of this field's existence makes you an investigator because, you know, it's like being a detective. You don't have to be out there shooting bad guys to be detectives. Some of you are at the desk. Some of you are going over material. Some of you are sorting the evidence. Like, there's a thousand different ways you can be involved without actually having to spend all this money to be involved with it. But yeah. like detectives, everybody wants to be out in the field actually doing things. So uh, we teamed up with a production company. It was a lot of logistics behind it. But essentially, we are what the website for the Haunted Historian is going to be is going to be a compilation of, for right now, just the USA. Uh, starting out with just 20 different locations, but we use a similar approach with the cameras and the videotaping and the lighting in going inside of these locations where it's similar to you looking at a new apartment where you can get a 360 okay. tour, an actual walkthrough, and people will actually be able to go onto the site and choose locations around the country that will continuously be added for the foreseeable future. And while they can't pay or have a group of friends to go in there, they can hit Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum and follow the cameras and will have videotaped every nook and cranny of the building. So it's not like they're sitting there watching us tour it. They can sit there and actually click and point and walk around in first person and where they want to go and explore that place from any point in the world. That's amazing. So cool. I can see you spending a lot of hours on this website. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the, um, again, between us and your, and your, uh, your audience there. That's yeah. uh, oh, yeah. not highly marketed yet at all. We're still filming wild editing but it's uh that's the big one coming out is really just and again that's kind of the big brand to try and make the Hana historian as inclusive and so everybody can feel like the Hana historian everybody can feel like an investigator yeah no that, that's that's so cool. such a good idea um all right well look thanks so much for uh for your time for your time yeah and you letting spent us... an hour with us and you're not going to get that back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it was an hour well spent uh, well, yeah, thank you very much. And um, yeah, no, that, that was that was fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be Googling like gnomes for hours after this. You know? <laughs> you, I know you're you out there, you bastards. <laughs> I, can't, I can't start talking about cryptids. It's going it, to, my, my blood pressure starts going up. My excitement gets too high and I have to start going on. And even if they're asking, I got to watch the wildest videos people think they've captured. And I just get too into it. So I know I'm, I'm the exact same. There's a reason why I haven't covered these topics yet. Cause <laughs> so you guys don't have to be not ready. <laughs> in case you're wondering what I'm doing for the rest of my Saturday. That is, that is it. All right. <laughs> right on. Well, look, we're going to keep in touch and uh, we're super excited to see the, the brand grow. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, actually, I appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry, right before you go, it's The Haunted Historian on Instagram, everybody who wants to go follow right now because. I mean, if you don't already follow. If you, yeah, and if you haven't realized <laughs> this by now. <laughs> All right. Thanks a million, Connor. Thank My you. pleasure, guys. Talk to you guys soon. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. So what did you think about that, Dulce? It was incredible. I was at the edge of my seat. I was hanging on to every one of his words when I wasn't having to step away and to let the cat <laughs> in and out because our cat has fucking issues. Yeah, seriously. Our cat does have issues. But I like I knew that this was going to be a good interview because I had heard him being interviewed on other podcasts before. Mm -hmm. um, the Witch Bitch Amateur Hour. Yeah. Um, if you're into witchy stuff, check them out for sure. But I mean, Jesus Christ, like I really sincerely hope that 
2021 is the year that we can start traveling again yeah and start linking up with these people (laughs) i know and then like on top of that because like it just seems like he has so much going on and hopefully in 2021 he'll get to give us those details of what exactly are the things that he's working on because i don't know like it's almost because it's almost like he's on the cusp of like learning things that are very valuable to the paranormal community yeah or and just personally just just to me because like what we have now is fucking zach beggins you know like who i i will always say i'm a huge fan of zach beggins i mean i think he's done terrible work (laughs) but look at how far he's no no himself good for him because he obviously has drive his intentions questionable oh yeah um but the thing is like good for him because he's making shit work out for him but as far as like advances in the field no he's not really doing anything no whereas our friend here has it's almost like he's he's going in that direction his his intentions are are good you know yeah and as well he's like still focusing on the rest of us creeps who are like just genuinely interested in these places and these topics yeah making them more accessible for us Mm -hmm. giving us a huge list of places that we would never have heard of right if not for him and the rest of the team and he's in and he's been very generous with the information yeah with it being um what do you call it um it's information with integrity you know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. He's being honest about it. He's being generous with his time when he's talking to all these podcasts. Oh, yeah. You know, when he's ta- when he's answering these DMs, this is time that he's that he's spending that he knows he's never going to get back, but it's it's like a give and take, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like literally he was doing a an AMA thing on Instagram and I just shot my shot cuz I was like he's not going to fucking write back to this. I was like Oh, send us in your listener. Like, you know what I mean? Your personal experience so we can read it out as a listener story. And he was like, I mean, I'd rather just come on to your show. So I was like, fuck yeah. You, know <laughs> you just I mean? like, did one better. Yeah. Without as, us having to ask. Yeah. Like, as it's as we're recording this right now, he has like 60,000 followers on Instagram. We have 1,600. Yeah. Which I'm extremely grateful for. But the fact like that he the took his time. The difference is fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we hope everybody has a fantastic new year. Yeah. A fantastic year to come and mm. all of that. Wear your red underwear for good luck. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and make sure to keep in touch. Follow us on Instagram if you're not already. We're Weekly Creep everywhere. Weekly Creep at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Email us your listener stories, your personal experiences, no matter how long or short or whatever. We want to hear them. If you've heard children in the background, it's don't ghost worry. Children. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's not the ghost children. I would have left by now. That's our next door neighbor. Their front door is like at our bedroom window, basically. <laughs> I mean, studio window. <laughs> and uh, anyway, follow us everywhere. Reach out to us. We love um, interacting. Hear, yeah, interacting, hearing from you all. And yeah, let us know what you want from us as well. Um, like I said, 2021, we're going to be busy beavers. Right. 
All right. Okay, bye. Bye.